Well, good morning. Um, I want to start out by talking about fellowship in the foyer. I love the fellowship that goes on in the foyer before and after services. See people enjoying talking to each other and new people. We're getting to know them and people who know, have known each other for a while enjoying catching up on things in the foyer. But I've noticed that men and, the, men and women fellowship differently from one another. They can be very different. For example, we men often see good fellowship as involving teasing each other, especially two men who know each other well. You'll hear teasing. You might say one man say to another, man, that's really an ugly shirt you have on. Did, did you get that out of a dumpster or what? Where'd you get that shirt? That's just how men are, especially men we know well. We'll tease each other. That's a part of fellowship to us. I promise you, you will never in the foyer hear a woman say that to another woman, okay? A woman can have on the ugliest top in the world, which never happens here, of course, can have on the ugliest top in the world. Maybe she did get it out of a dumpster the night before, and the woman that's talking to her will say, oh, that is such a cute, cute's a woman word, that is such a cute top. I mean, where'd you get it? I mean, it's just so cute. All right, so there's, there's definitely a difference in how men and women fellowship with each other. And so I, I love to see that going on out in the foyer. Let me ask you this, though. Let's say one of these days, maybe even after this second service, I come up to you, and I'm enjoying some fellowship with you, asking you how it's been going but then suddenly I ask you a question that surprises you and maybe takes you back a little bit. What if I would ask you this question? Would you be willing to meet with someone for a few weeks and just mentor them a little bit, follow up on them in the Lord, help them grow as a Christian? There's somebody I know who really is a newer Christian or they're having a few struggles right now and they really would love it if a kind person from our church would start to meet with them for a little bit. Maybe just once. Maybe it would turn into meeting with them for a few times. But would you be willing to just start to meet with them a little bit just to encourage them and maybe help them in some simple ways to grow as a Christian? And I'll help you. I can give you some pointers in that. Would you be willing to do that? There's two main responses that I've seen over the years in the other churches I've been. Two main responses to that if I would ask somebody that question or ask you that question in the foyer after service this morning. One response is, well, yeah, I'd, I'd be willing to try that. Let me at least pray about it, but I'm willing to try that at least if you'll kind of help me a little bit. Um, I really haven't done that before, but I'd really be willing to try that. If the Lord wants me to and this person needs that, sure, I'd be willing. Or would you say this response, which I've also gotten from Christians in other churches, kind of looking around nervously. Um, all right, Scott, um, you know, I've, I've never really done that before. Um, you know, I'm pretty busy. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that one, I'm really kind of busy. Um, I don't know that I have the knowledge to really help somebody else grow as a Christian. Um, I, I think it might be better if you get somebody else. I, I'll let you know, which I never hear back. Uh, I'll let you know. 
If I asked you that question this morning after second service, which of those two answers would be your answer? For those of you who think you would say, yeah, I really haven't done that before, but if you'll give me a little guidance, sure, I'd be willing to try it. Let me say this to you. May your tribe increase, okay? Whether you want more kids or not. May your tribe increase. <laughs> I love it when people are willing to step out in faith and God, let God use them in simple ways that they haven't done before, especially to help minister to someone else, help them grow in some ways. But if you think you would say to me after the service, nah, nah, I'm really, I'm really too busy, um, you know, need to get somebody else, then I would say this to you this morning. In the next 20 minutes or so, I'm going to try to change your mind. I'm just going to tell you up front. I'm going to try to change your mind. I want you to be open to what I have to say about that, open to what Karen has to say about that in a little bit, because I believe with all my heart that God wants each of us Christians to be open to helping other Christians grow in the faith, to help other Christians grow closer to Jesus and how to become more like him and just help them grow in simple ways. This isn't rocket science, folks. You don't have to have a PhD in Bible. You don't have to have the spiritual gift of uh, helping people, whatever, learn. I believe God calls each of us to be ready to do that. Let me give two uh, exceptions, two or three exceptions. Number one, if somebody's in real poor health and just can't do it, I get that. God understands. Number two, if you're on the run from the law, all right, tell me later if you are, but if you're on the run from the law, yeah, we probably don't want you uh, meeting with anybody else right now and helping them grow. Um, Or just three, if you've been real far from the Lord lately, yeah, we want you to get your act together with the Lord and, and... repent and heal your heart and and get growing with him again sure but most of us I don't think are in any of those three camps and I believe if we're not God wants each one of us to consider helping other Christians to grow in their walk with Christ well let me try to back that up briefly scripturally because it doesn't matter what I say what does scripture say one of the key verses about that is Hebrews 5 12 The writer of the book of Hebrews is writing to some Jews or Hebrews who have come to trust Jesus as their Messiah, as their Savior and Lord. So he's writing to them. And by the way, he's just writing to regular Christians like you and me. Um, Just plain old Bible-believing, Christ-trusting Christians. And he isn't writing to scholars or Christian leaders. In fact, we know he isn't writing to Christian leaders because later in Hebrews 13, 20, 13, 34, 13, 24, he tells these regular Christians he's writing to, hey, by the way, greet your leaders. So he's not even talking to leaders. He's talking to just plain old regular Christians like those of us in this room. And what does he say to them in Hebrews 5, 12? Though by this time you ought to be teachers... You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. So one thing he's saying to them, hey, you guys, you've been Christians for a little bit. Um, You've learned some of the elementary truths of God's word. In fact, later he clarifies that in Hebrews 6, 1 and 2, chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. He talks about truths about Christ, and then he mentions a couple of those truths like People need to know how to repent of sin and have exercise faith or trust in the Lord on a daily basis. So he's especially talking about 
truths about Jesus, about Christ, that he wants them to learn again. They haven't applied in their life. They have to learn them again and start using them again in their life. But I'll tell you what also I believe he's implying here, that they should be teaching others by now, even if they're just plain old regular Christians. They should be teachers. And what should they be teaching others? It's right there in the verse. The elementary truths of God elementary truths about Jesus Christ, how to get to know him and be saved, how to walk with him each day. They should be doing that by now too. He calls them all teachers. They should be teachers by now. So that's one of the verses in scripture that I think proves that all Christians should come to the point sooner or later, sooner rather than later, where they are willing to teach others. Teach others about how to walk with Christ and grow closer to him. He also, um, later, by the way, in um, Hebrews 3.13, yeah, it's up on the screen, along with teaching others, he mentions encouraging others, but encourage one another daily so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So a part of getting together with somebody one-on-one for a little bit or just in simple ways is teaching them about Christ, some basic things about Christ, who he is, how to walk with him, and also is see if that person needs some encouragement. Maybe they've been away from the Lord. They were, they've been starting to get hardened by sin. They've been away from the Lord a while, or they're struggling with some kind of trial in their life. So teach them, encourage them. I really believe the writer of Hebrews here is indicating, and all of Scripture indicates, that all of us who are believers need to be on the lookout for people that we can teach and encourage even just simple ways. And I can talk to you about some of those. We'll be talking uh, to Karen Zando a little bit about some simple ways we can help others grow as Christians. So that's the deal. I believe it's scriptural to do that. If you're feeling a little queasy in your stomach, the Lord will help you get over that, step out in faith and try this and learn how to do it, and it'll be great. Um, But just no front end. It's scriptural. Um, One of the One of the other scriptures that talks about this, by the way, is in, um, I'll get this right in a second, Um, but one of them that backs that whole idea up is Acts 18, 24 through 26. We see this married couple, Priscilla and Aquila, start to meet with a man named Apollos just once, one-on-one. They invite him into their home, and they talk to him about being able to teach and explain the way of God more accurately. Paulus was a great orator, very learned man, and he was a Jew, but, and he believed in Jesus, but he hadn't learned all he needed to learn about Jesus. There were a couple of important, simple things he needed to know more about. So Apollos, excuse me, so Priscilla and Aquila invite Apollos into their home, and for a one-time little mentoring session, teach him about the way of God a little more accurately. The way of God in Scripture refers to how to know Christ for salvation or how to walk with Christ. Here's what's interesting about Priscilla and Aquila. They were blue-collar workers. They were tent makers. They weren't some learned scholars like Apollos, but they stepped out in faith, and God led them, helped them to teach Apollos a couple things that were critical for his ministry because after that he went out and he was even a more powerful order preacher for the Lord. So I'm taking that excuse away from you right now. Oh, Scott, 
I'm just a blue-collar worker. I didn't even go to college. I could never help somebody grow as a Christian. Nah. Apollo, uh, Priscilla and Aquila were tent makers, not scholars. And God used them in a powerful way to help somebody grow a little bit in even one meeting with them. There, there's another passage, by the way, that backs up this idea that we're all to help others grow, to teach others how to do that in simple ways. In 1 Peter 2.9, it says that all of us Christians are now considered priests in God's eyes. You heard me, priests. Those of us who grew up Catholic kind of go, ooh, a priest, that's kind of intimidating. Well, we're all priests in God's eyes. Once we come to know Christ as Savior and Lord, we are priests in the sense that we are mediators between God and others. He wants, us, wants to use us to help others know God through Christ and help them grow. We're priests. And in the Old Testament, it, defined one of, it described one of the duties of a priest in Ezekiel 44, verses 15 through 23, it says that one of the duties of a priest is to what? Teach others. So we're priests in New Testament terms. God wants to use each one of us to help others grow in Christ, to teach them and encourage them how to be closer to Christ. No excuses. No excuses. That's from the Word of God. He wants each of us to be open to that, and He'll help us. And I can help you in any way possible as well. So I think that's it for now. Um, and by the way, Hebrews 13, 20 and 21 does promise as we do God's will, which includes helping other Christians grow, God will equip us. He'll help us do it. So no excuses. We got a God who will give us the power to do it. We're going to talk more, some practical ways to do it. And God can use you in amazing ways, even if you just do it in some simple short-term ways to help others grow. Let's have Karen come up now. We're going to have a little discussion here at the table about this idea um, further. So glad she's here. She's got a, a lot of knowledge about how to train leaders, how to help others learn, how to help other Christians to grow in the faith. And so we're just going to talk about some of that. Maybe I'll move this for a minute so people over here can see. All right. So Karen, any uh, initial thought about what I have said God, I pray you agree with me. Uh, or, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Well, I like it. Yes. No, I, I think what you said, I just echo, God calls all of us to be involved in other people's lives. And one way we do that is by pouring into those who are younger, and hopefully we have somebody pouring into us that's older in the Lord so that we're continuing to grow and develop in our faith. Yep. Amen. So what are some simple ways even that Christians can help other Christians to grow in their faith? Yeah, I like to think about some of the basics that I teach young believers about how they can grow. And one is by communicating with God through worship and prayer. Another one is by being in his word and letting God speak to us. A third way is um, being in fellowship with other believers. And then the fourth way is... Um, by taking the word of God who are those yet to believe through evangelism. And I think as believers, um, what we can do to help other people grow is we can teach them how to worship and pray and we can invite them to worship services. We can, um, I was gonna say my, the example I gave early on from this church, because this church had a lot to do with my um, development in the faith, was a woman named Betty Jutz who used to play the piano here. And she came up to me one day and said, Karen, I've been praying for you. 
And then she tells me how she's praying. And one of the things she was praying at the time was that I'd go into full-time missions. Little did I know that would happen. So, you know, we can pray for and with and teach others how to pray, taking them to the word. There was a woman named uh, Linda Sue who invited me to meet with her on a weekly basis to study God's word. But I was also involved in a small group study on Friday nights that um, not only taught me the word of God, but provided fellowship. I was involved with college and career, so inviting people to um, places where they can um, fellowship with other believers. And then I learned how to share my faith and was involved in some evangelism programs here. So I think as we can invite um, others to be involved in those things, and as we can impart to them things we've learned, I think that helps them grow. Yeah, that's good. And I mean, there's no lack of resources to help others grow in simple ways. Um, if you start meeting with someone, make sure they know the gospel. So we have gospel tracts. Uh, would you like to know God personally? You can go through that with them and see you know, where they're at on that issue. Uh, Crew has a great little booklet. I think they still print this, don't they? I'm hoping. Called Knowing Jesus Personally. Maybe. I haven't looked it's, for it in the bookstore lately, it, but maybe. It's showing my age, but they might have it. But if not, they've got many other good resources they, on helping people grow. They might have grow. it in other formats. Yes. Digital, probably. That, that's a kind way to put it. Other formats. <laughs> so, they still have the material. That's right. Um, the Wednesday morning guys use a neat, simple method of looking at Scripture called SOAP that you can use with people. It's a simple way to help them get into a passage and get principles and apply them. Um, and you know what I've seen too, if nothing else, if you start to meet with somebody, just first of all, ask them what their story is. Most people have never had someone say to them, tell me your story. Tell me how you grew up and what's happened since then up till present day. What were some of the highlights of your life? But what were some of the hard things as well? Whatever you feel comfortable sharing. And as they tell you their story, it'll connect you with them heart to heart. And then as they talk about some of the hard things, uh, first of all, you can praise God for what has gone well, but some of the hard things, you can empathize with them, and you can see if they want to talk further about some of those hard things, which they often will. And so you can just listen and empathize, give a little guidance if needed, but the point is it's simple. Just start meeting with someone, hear their story, get to know them, and then go from there and I can, I can direct you further from there. But it's, it's not rocket science, folks. Just to get started, getting to know someone and help encourage their heart and move them more toward Christ and growing in Him. Um, and I, by the way, I have a Sunday school class. It's meeting today at 9.30, but also in the next four weeks that has um, lessons on how to help people grow. Um, any other thoughts on that, how to help people grow material or anything else before we move on? Oh, there's a ton of material out there. Um, you can, you know, Google it, as they say. Yep. But um, a lot of great organizations, Navigators, uh, Crew, InterVarsity, they all have their own package of materials. They're all good. So it's probably a matter of finding one that you're comfortable with. And, um, you know, the Word of God. Just use the Word of God. There's a novel work. idea. We can actually just use the Bible. <laughs> there are certain central passages that I can tell you about that can help people grow. Luke 5, 1 through 11, 2 Peter 1, uh, Isaiah 6. So however God leads you, there's some simple ways to help people grow that God will use you in a great way. All right, let's move on to the next question here. 
What kinds of skills or knowledge or attitudes uh, does a person need to help people grow? I mean, do they need to be a Bible scholar uh, or what? What would you say to somebody about that? Um, I would say the very basic is to love God and love people because that's really what people need is to be loved. And as I love God and love people, then I trust him. Um, I don't need a degree. I don't need a Bible degree. I need to be in the word myself. Um, In crew, we would talk about we want fat people. In other words, we're looking for people who are faithful. They're faithful to um, follow God's word. They're faithful to obey him. Um, They're faithful to do what they say they're going to do. They're available to God, which means they might um, have to say no to watching their favorite TV show because they're going to be available. God forbid. Wow. Nowadays, I just DVR, to be honest. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, sometimes we we are available and that that costs us to say no to something else because anytime we say yes, we're also saying no. And then to be teachable so that I'm always learning, um, learning scripture, learning from the Lord, but also learning the skills of how do I disciple someone. And, you know, a lot of it is I learn as I go and I just trust God with that. No, that's right. And, and by the way, one thing that can be helpful is if you've never been mentored uh, yourself, even just for a few weeks and shared your heart with somebody who's further along in the faith than you, do that too. Do that for a few weeks and that'll equip you even more to be ready to mentor somebody else. Um, Karen, do you have an example or two of just regular people that you saw being willing to step out in faith and God use them to lead or teach others, just regular people and how God used them in Mm -hmm. some neat ways? Yeah, a couple examples. One is a very informal way of discipleship or of leading others. There's a young girl in Orlando that actually put her faith in Christ about two months ago, and I've been meeting with her and doing follow-up and helping her grow in her faith. And a couple weeks ago, we were talking about prayer. And I made the comment to her that, you know, it's important to pray specifically. One reason is we see God answer specifically. And we can be encouraged by what he's done. And she just got so excited. She goes, that happened yesterday. I'm like, oh, tell me more. So she tells me the story of what she had prayed for and what had happened. And she was so excited that she went back and she shared with some of the other gals um, all that God had done. And so even though it wasn't formal discipleship, she was speaking truth of God's faithfulness and, and the power of prayer into their lives. And then I have, you know, women that um, over the years that I have discipled and I've trained, I've given materials to, and they've turned around and they've gathered other groups of women that they then brought together and they trained. And so, you know, what a joy just to see that God will use us in any way that we're available to be used. Yep, amen. There's an example of uh, uh, two years ago, I heard of a young lady in our church that just wanted an older, mature lady to start meeting with her. And so I called up, I prayed, and I called up a certain senior adult lady in our church and said, hey, would you just be willing to start meeting with this young lady for a little bit? And at first she said, well, I've never really done that before, but yeah, I'd be willing to try it. Well, they started meeting this, God used this senior adult lady in great ways to encourage this young lady. They still meet together once in a while. So folks, this isn't brain surgery. Just be willing to let God use you to start to meet and encourage people in simple ways. Mm-hmm. And it's been a blessing to both of them. Um, let's move on now to um, some excuses that might keep Christians from helping fellow Christians to grow. And after each of these two or three excuses, we'll give our uh, 
possible biblical answer to that excuse. Um, so we've touched on this a little bit, but what if somebody yeah, does say to us, oh yeah, I just, I just don't have the knowledge about the Bible and about walking with Christ. I just don't have enough knowledge to ever do that. What would you say to them? Well, I would say that, you know, we're always growing. And I learned early on that it, it was best to say, I don't know, but I'll find out. And then I would follow through with that and try to find out people, people appreciate the honesty. And the reality is it's God who is at work. I'm just a vessel. And so I don't put the pressure on myself to have to have all the answers or to always be right or on top of things, but really just to be available to God and trust that God will use something I say in a powerful way in someone's life. And so if I don't know the answer, I'm just honest with them and go and find it out, whether it's searching the scripture myself or calling a friend who I think might know. That's right. You know, it just occurred to me that none of us have the knowledge, most of us, to be parents either when we first have a kid. It's like, whoa, we haven't exactly taken courses on this. We don't know much about it, but we start doing it because we know God wants us to to be a faithful, loving parent to that child. Mm -hmm. Same with parenting, I mean mentoring. A lot of, not a lot of us know much about it, but we get started. God helps us and we learn as we go. And uh, all right, so then kind of related to this, what if somebody says, I'm just not mature enough in the Lord. I'm not walking with him perfectly and not mature enough as a Christian to help somebody else grow in the faith. What, what might we say to them? Yeah, well, none of us walk perfectly with the Lord, at least this side of heaven. But um, we, even in sharing in our weaknesses, that can help young believers realize that, oh, there's hope, right? Um, but it's being available and teachable to God and learning and, and just growing ourselves, you know, just being a step ahead to have something to share. Um, I don't need to know it all. I don't need to be perfect. That's right. Amen, sister. All right, here's my favorite excuse. I wish I had a nickel for every time somebody had told me this over the years when I give to them an opportunity to help somebody else or minister. I'm too busy. What? I'm sorry, I don't mean to be as derogatory, but it, I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard it. What would we say to somebody who just, oh, I'm just too busy to do that? What's yeah. one thing we could say? Well, um, I would challenge them to think about it because honestly, we do what's important to us. We do what's committed to us. We find time to do what we want to do. And um, I have found that with a lot of these excuses, there's like an underlying root issue, which is fear. We fear rejection. We fear um, failure. And like, oh, I can't do this. And really, I think that's the enemy like whispering in our ears because he wouldn't want us to be involved in something like that. So I just challenge people to really think about, you know, what might God ask you to give up? or to set aside for a period of time. And the reality is many of us, I know I, let's be honest, I waste time watching TV at times. No, you? No, can you believe a that? A spiritual giant like you? I do. And God has to like go, Karen? <laughs> but you know, we, we choose how we spend our time. And so sometimes I need to make a choice. And the reality is when I challenge someone to be more involved, I need to be praying that um, God would work in their heart because I don't want to strong arm anyone, but boy, they don't know what they're missing out on if they're not involved. No, that's great. So, so one way to do this is take to God the different options of what we could be busy doing in the next few months and say, God, what are your priorities for me? Mm -hmm. And if God makes it clear to you after you check into this uh, with me or somebody about Christians who need help growing, then you say, God, do you want me to do this in the next few months? 
And if he indicates yes, no, he'll give you the time and energy to do it. He'll help you see what else to let go a little bit of. And he promises, Matthew 6, says, what? Seek first the kingdom of God, which includes helping others grow, and he'll add everything else unto you. So, yeah, and then one other um, excuse I wanted to touch on briefly. Sometimes people think, oh, if I start helping this person, then I'm stuck with that forever. And you can add to this. My experience is most people who want to be mentored just even want it for a few weeks or months uh, for some maybe struggles they're having or whatever. It doesn't last forever. And then you can always... um, the person you are helping grow, then you can tell them about small groups in our church and get them into a life group or something here at the church. Um, but yeah, God will lead on that. Any other thoughts about that? Well, yeah, you can set expectations at the beginning. So if you're going to use uh, material that's something like this, and there's a lot of different material out there, you could say, okay, there's six lessons, so I'll meet with you for six weeks. And then, you know, you can reevaluate at the end of that time or direct them other places. Yeah, I like it. Let's end up our discussion now by just briefly talking about what are some of the rewards and blessings if we step out in faith and let God use us to start meeting with somebody for a little bit, to encourage them and so forth. What are some of the blessings and rewards of doing that? Mm-hmm. Well, the blessing of seeing God work and seeing him change someone's life. I don't think there's anything that's been more encouraging to me over the years than to um, see lives change and see people like turn from certain things and turn to God. That's definitely one thing, the excitement, like that gal who, you know, only a month or so old in the Lord, going back and stepping out in faith and sharing with her friends what God was doing in her life, just, you know, brought joy to my heart because I'm seeing change in her life. And so um, I don't think there's anything like that. It's just so encouraging and exciting to, to think God would use me in some way to help somebody grow in their faith. It's, yeah, for me, there's nothing better. Amen. As a final encouragement then, be praying to God in the next few weeks. Say, God, if you want me to start meeting with somebody even just for a little bit to encourage them, to teach them how to grow in Christ, make that clear to me in my spirit. Give me faith in you that you can help me to do that and help me talk to Pastor Scott or to Linda coordinating women's ministries, do they know of somebody that maybe I could start meeting with? And if you step out in faith and do it, you're in for an adventure. It's going to be worth it. All right.